Well, good morning. Testing one, two, three. Good morning. If you'd like to take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter 5. And while you're turning there, a couple of things. Um, I've got some young men that I'm going to have pass out a sheet of paper that we're going to get to at the end of the sermon. So, I believe I've got enough for every adult. But we'll find out. Not you may have to share, but we'll we'll come to that uh, in just a little bit. Today is my birthday, and um, it's it used to be. Thank you, thank you. It used to be the most my most favorite day of the year, but <clears throat> you hit forty and then fifty, and so that's kind of taking a back seat to Father's Day and um, and and to Thanksgiving. I, I love those days, but anyway, somebody said. Uh, what is your birthday wish? No, actually, somebody said, would you please, would your birthday wish be for the Kansas City Chiefs to beat the Patriots tonight? <laughs> I got on football socks, so I'll give that to you, okay? <laughs> it's a given. It's a given. What I need to, what I need to know today, uh, before we jump into this, is whether or not when we assemble and when we deal with this text, my question is, can we be real? And that's a real challenge. Can we today in the church get honest and get real with each other and with ourselves? I know how difficult it is um, going to church. My wife had four kids. I'm also the father, but this to go with me. Matter of fact, the youngest daughter Caroline is here with us this weekend uh, from uh, Harding, so make sure you get a chance to, to meet her. Anyway, she had four kids. These kids followed us everywhere. I mean, everywhere we went, these four kids, and they always came home at night. Every night, there, there they are. Right? And so uh, there we are. We're much younger, four kids heading to church on Wednesday night. We'd stop to get something to eat right through the drive-through, and so. Her kids are back there just tearing into this food. Mexican food. we got burritos. And I'm sitting there driving. And we had this little box of, of wipies, right? The moist towelettes that you, you can get. If you have four kids, you have to have those all the time. And we're driving along. And all of a sudden, a burrito comes flying from the back and lands in the wipey box. I don't know what you would do. I don't know what you would say, but I, I, it, was, it was the first time I caught myself being my dad. Who threw that burrito in the wipey box? We do not throw burritos in the wipey box. You know, that gets beans all over the box. That gets sour cream all over the box. If I find out who did it, I'm going to tear you a new page. And we're just not going to get to church and we come out of the car. I still don't know who did it, but I'm still giving it to them. And I'm telling you, the next time that we go there, we're not letting you eat in the car. Do you understand? You're just tearing up the car and it costs a lot of money. And I walk in the door and somebody says, Good evening, Brother Sitters. How are you? I say, I'm fine. How are you? Fine. It wasn't fine. You ever notice how we are at church? Right? How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. Hey, how are you? Fine. How are you? Fine. Fine. How are you? Well, that's just fine. I'm that's fine. How are you? Fine. How are you? Nobody in the church has any problems if you just listen to us. 
Nobody ever says, you know, right now my life's a mess. I'm a wreck. But I think we're going to have to get real this morning. Um, so today, we're going to talk about overcoming ourselves and dealing with anger. Now, I want to make a couple of comments about what Jesus said before we get into that text. In verse 17 now, following the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but I've come to fulfill them. For truly, I tell you, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. Therefore, anyone who sets aside one of the least of these commands and teaches others accordingly will be called least in the kingdom of heaven, or again, the kingdom of God. But whoever practices and teaches these commands will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter into the kingdom of heaven. Now, real quick. Here's what Jesus says. All the things that you've heard from the law and the prophets, I haven't come to abolish them. I am the living fulfillment of what you have in the Hebrew Scriptures. But as we go through, you're going to find out He's going to give us a completely different take on what it means to fulfill those Scriptures. And I think this is what Jesus is saying. Unless your righteousness surpassed that of the Pharisees, See, they had a tendency to live their faith. Now, listen closely to me. To live their faith from the outside in. Meaning that those things that I do on the outside would somehow automatically change my heart. And I think what Jesus is is teaching us is this. That to live in the kingdom of God means that we become transformed from the inside out. It's all about heart. It's all about heart. So, let's deal with this text. Um, Oh, by the way, let's change this. Now, and I don't know how well you can see this, but this is where we are. So, last week we began with the kingdom of God and the Beatitudes and and the principle was all are welcome. Right? We're all welcome in the kingdom of God. More than that, salt and light, everybody's valuable. You have gifts, abilities, talents. As you are, you have gifts, ability, and talent. But again, it's as we go together. This is, we're, we're in this thing together. And that's where we say in the red layer, Woohoo! I love it. This is great. Thank you, Jesus. I love good news. I'm glad that I'm welcome and I'm glad that, I'm, that I've got abilities and talents. And that's where then he draws the line. And the question is then, are you ready to get to work? If this kingdom of God is real, if it's a place for everybody, and we can all get excited about it, to live in it and, and for the kingdom of God to conquer the world, now there are things that we have to do. And so here's what he says. You've heard that it was said a long time ago, and he's going to use that phrase throughout uh, over the next chapter or so. You've heard this before. Do not murder, right? It comes from the Ten Commandments. Don't, so don't kill people. Okay, got it. But I tell you, or anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that, um, that anyone who is angry with a brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says uh, to a brother, Raka, is answerable to the court, and anyone who says you fool will be in danger of the fire of hell. 
or the fires of Gehenna is, is literally what it means. By the way, a couple of comments on this. Um, some of your translations that you were reading say that uh, you don't get angry with a brother without cause. Without cause. It's not in the original uh, manuscripts. Some scribe a little bit later on must have added. They're, they're pretty sure that it was added a little bit later, right? Because Jesus is just saying, don't get angry. And we say, i got a lot to be angry about. So let's just add a little clause in here that says, without cause. It's not in the original. Jesus said, don't get angry with your brother. Because what will happen is there are consequences that will come back on us if we do not get control of our of emotions, in particular anger. Now, look at what he says in verse 23. If you're offering your gift at the altar, worship, and there you remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave the gift in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still uh, together on your way, or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, the judge to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. And truly I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. In other words, the principle is this. We've got to go to work on our emotions because they will not go away. They will not disappear. And until we get serious and get real about it, it, the consequences are just going to get worse. I think what Jesus is saying is, look, it doesn't matter to me whether or not you come to worship, that you're singing the song, Jerome, outstanding job today, brother. Thank you. Even if in this environment, that if the heart's not right, the emotions, if we're dealing with things, what Jesus is saying is stop. You, got, you and I have to learn to take action quickly. That the most important thing is to deal with your own life in relationship to God, number one, but then to your brothers and sisters in Christ, number two. If you're worshiping, stop. Go take care of it. If you have somebody that's an adversary that, 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 that has something against you, look, don't put it off. It's only going to get worse. So, I just have to tell you, I don't like this text. Because Jesus said, look, it's not about just murdering somebody if you're angry. If you're angry, you've committed murder. And I thought about the iceberg. Right? Again, we come to church this morning looking good, smelling good, football socks on. I mean, we're just looking good. That's that's the tip of the iceberg. But in most families, in most lives, there's a whole lot that's below the surface that we can't see. There's a lot of things that go on in our lives that we struggle with. It's, It's this hidden stuff in the lives of Christians that I think keep the church from becoming what God intended for us to be. Been in ministry for a long time. I've had men and women in my office just like you here that, that were in church every Sunday, singing, in church leadership, serving, going on mission trips, and they sit in front of me and they begin to share what's really going on behind closed doors. 
And as I've said, most people in the church would be shocked to find out. I'm no longer shocked. Right? Number one, I have things that I wrestle with and that I deal with and that I have to overcome. But you know what? We're human beings. But there's so much that's below the surface. And anger. You know, here's what Jesus does. Again, you guys want to be in the kingdom? Yeah, okay, let's deal with your anger. Whoa, Jesus, hang on just a minute. You don't understand. No, let's deal with it. And so I just went and and I looked at um, things about anger. Do you realize some of the things that anger does to the body? Put stress on your heart. Weakens your immune system. Um, sets us up so that we're more vulnerable to strokes. Side effects are things like headaches, stomach issues. I mean, it's a whole host of things. But ultimately, here's what, here's what I read. It'll shorten your life. Now, remember when we looked at John 3.16 and we talked about this word perish. And the, and the word there means to destroy if you remember this, maybe shake your head at me. And you remember that, that I think what Jesus was teaching here is that God sent His Son so that all that would believe in Him would not destroy themselves. Let me tell you something. If we don't get a hold on our emotions, we will destroy ourselves. But in the long term, what happens is the church does not function then and is not hit on all cylinders. And we are weakened by it. Again, most there are a lot of folks that, that only are able to... They only focus on the gospel of sin management where they can only deal with themselves to the point where they can't deal with others. And so Jesus gets after us on this. So, let me throw out some other emotions because I want you to think about this. There's a whole host of emotions that go that are kind of together with anger. Anger is what typically then only surfaces above. But, but, but there are other emotions, right? Um, things like being humiliated, feeling hurt, um, isolated, rejected, um, being scared, uh, jealous, trapped, resentment, loneliness, bitterness. These are all things that are going on. And by the way, isn't it interesting that the world that we live in today is an angry world? Ever notice that? It's angry. Everybody is, is out to get everybody else and everybody's got an opinion. And if, if your opinion doesn't agree with my opinion, something's wrong with you. And you just hear this continual outburst and anger. Well, let me tell you something. Not only have I been in ministry for over 25 years, I grew up a preacher's child. And growing up in the church, I listened to us. And I watched things that went on in the church. And I heard people who would say things. And I'm just a little kid. And I heard people who would, in, in, in anger, say things about another member. I remember the church being glad the day we ran off the church alcoholic. And I'm only a kid, and I thought, something's not right with that. And they were totally embarrassed by this particular person, and they got rid of them. And... and I saw the way that people talked to my dad. The way that they would come up to him and tell him a thing or two and that he ought to get his act together. I witnessed it. I saw it in the church. This is back in the 70s. 
I've been in ministry for a long time. I've had people that came up to me, right? I have learned how to develop thick skin. I would love to have any conversation with any of you now. But back in the day, and people would come up and they would say things and they would get right in my face and they would point at me and tell me things in a loud, raised voice. And I never could understand that. I never could understand how people who were called Christians could act like that. But the older I got, the more I began to realize because I too struggle with it. I've wrestled with it. I've wrestled with all of the emotion. See, I thank God for God's grace in having a wife and four children that love me and who have been patient with me because it's not easy. Let me throw out some things to consider, and then we're going we're gonna to really talk about this. This is the ladder of, of, of anger. Right? Some, of, some of you, you're just not the kind. When you think of anger or angry outbursts, you're thinking of grabbing the two-by-four two and knocking somebody over the head. Okay, there. there, there. I, by the way, men, we tend to wrestle... We tend to struggle more with that type of anger than the women do. And I've had two men in my office over the years who were there because their wives had left them that week. Because their anger got so out of control that they blacked out and woke up with their hands around their wife's throat. And it shocked them. They said, I've got to get help. That's a form of it. But there are also other forms, like um, the sneaky anger, the cold shoulder, right? We're just kind of upset with, with whoever it is, and we just don't give them the time. We don't, give, we don't pay attention to them. We know there might be a need that they have in their life, and we're just not going to fulfill it. And it kind of keeps going up and up and up and up the ladder. you got the grumbling that goes on, right? you ever met somebody that's just always negative, and they can always find something wrong with the picture and wrong with everybody else, and what's wrong with the world? I notice those people because I live with myself. If I'm not careful, I have a tendency to want to pick out the negative in life. It's emotions that you've got to deal with. And Jesus is telling us today, look, if we're going to live in the kingdom, you've got to deal with these emotions. And, and, and so it, it, it goes on up the ladder. Some grumble and complain. Others just decide to be distant, right? I'm just going to avoid I've dealt with this long enough. I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of being hurt. I'm tired of being rejected. And so I'm just going to separate myself from other people, whether it be a spouse, whether it be a family, whether it be in the church. So you distance yourself. See, that's all emotional challenges that we're having. And those all are a part of, of, of this whole scenario. It's not just the one that gets red in the face with the smoke coming out of their ears. Some then try to play God and say, I'm going to be the one that's in control. Right? You ever had those people? Now, I'll be the one in control. I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what to think. I'll tell you how to live. I'll tell you where to drive. I'll give you all of these. Now, kids, this doesn't apply to you. Your parents need to be doing that. But for the rest of us, right, you're going to be in control. I'm going to play God. I'm going to tell you how to think and how to live. right? Because things aren't working out right in the world that I live in, and they're not working out the way that I believe they ought to. And so I'm just going to play God, and I'm going to take control. And it just gets worse. The more we try to grab control, what? The more we lose control. 
got the passive-aggressive, the word-game people. Then you've got the active aggressors. I'm glad this is here. And so here's what Jesus says. Can we just talk and be real for a little bit? That I know we're human. And here's what God knows. Here's what we know. There are many of us who, as we live on this earth, we encounter difficulties and people that hurt us and relationships that don't work and a church that has struggles. And we build up these emotions. And for a lot of us, we just try to deny it and act like it's not there. How can, I, how can I get help with this? Because if I do come forward, then people within the church will know that I wrestle um, with those emotions. So let me be the first. Let me go first. I struggle with anger. I struggle. Thank you for... So that ends my confession, okay? That's a... <laughs> I, I, I struggle with it. Um, being in ministry as long as I have, it's, it's been difficult at times. I tend to pick out the negative. I do know that I'm not the only one. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy to go first, but I know I'm not the only one. I know that there's bitterness and frustration and loneliness I know that some of you are hiding not only emotions, but behavior. It's just the way that life is. But I ask you when I started today, is it okay if we get real? We'll never be the church. We'll never be the kingdom of God until we get to work on this one. Until we take... Radical action. What you're going to notice that Jesus does in the Sermon on the Mount is He continually comes back and says, Take radical action. Radical action for you this morning may be that when we stand to sing, you get down here as fast as you can. I'll be standing here. I'm, I'm, I'm asking for prayers right now at the end. to Pray for me. You jump down here and join me and say, Look, help me. I don't know what to do. These toxic emotions are killing me. I'm ready. I'm ready to change. So sometimes when you when you when you deal with stuff like this, you just say, "I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do, but I gotta I gotta have help." Maybe your maybe your radical action is that before you leave, you go to that person. That you need to go to and say, would you forgive me? I've been angry. You hurt me and I've been angry and I've been destroying myself. Would you forgive me for that? Would you forgive me for what I said? Would you forgive me for neglecting you, for just avoiding you?
know, confession is a, is a critical part of, of following Jesus. Confession, repentance, taking action. So I want to highly encourage you this morning that before we move to the next thing, to the next part of the sermon, before we, before we start the new chapter in this, in this church, that we allow God to deal with us. Some of us need to talk to our spouses. Some of us need to have a conversation with our children. Some of us need to pour our hearts out to God. Probably, I would assume that as I've been talking, you kind of know where it is you need to go to work. I can't see you too well because the lights are in my eyes, but I'm going to assume that's the case. Can we make a commitment today to each other that we're all going to do this? I think God will do incredible things through the church when we take when we take him serious at his word. Okay? So here's the prayer. Take the sheet out um, that, that was passed out. Let's just spend a minute or two before God, because these are different categories. You're probably going to identify yourself at some point. So the first one is prayer to release anger. And it says this, God, hear me and answer me. You know I'm troubled by thoughts and feelings of anger and resentment and bitterness. You also know why. You know how deep the hurt goes and how long I've lived with it. But I don't want to live with it any longer. I don't want to be angry, resentful, and a bitter person. With your help, I release my anger into your hands. I surrender my resentment. I let go of my bitterness. Help me keep letting go and release these toxic emotions as often as they try to return. How about a loved one? Dear Lord, Or Lord God, I release, and you fill in the blank, into your care. You know all my love and concern for him or her. I know that you share that love and concern, so I release her into your hands. Help me find healthy and helpful ways to love and care and pray for him. Even as I learn to trust you to see all I cannot see and do what I cannot do. about fear. Father, I give my fear to You. I've been crippled and poisoned by fear for too long and I reject it. I release it. I choose faith instead of fear. Believing in Your good plans for me. I choose love instead of fear. Accepting Your Word. Uh, Trusting that Your perfect love will cast out all fear. I choose your light and truth instead of fear, accepting your word, which says, I need not fear terror that stalks in the night, the arrow that flies in the day, plague that strikes in the darkness, or calamity that destroys at noon, because you are with me, God. For those that try to control, mighty God, for too long, I've wanted to be in control. 
I've tried to be in control and cherish the illusion that I am in control. I release myself and my illusions into your hands. By your grace, I surrender my need to feel control and embrace the truth that you are in control and that I can control only my inner life and not my outward circumstances and certainly not other people. I just want to release that to God. How about being the victim? Lord, with your help, I release all negative thoughts and feelings and impressions that lead to an attitude of victimhood. I turn from it. I refuse to be a victim any longer. I choose to rely and live on the truth of your word that says that I am more than a conqueror rather than a victim through the one who loves me gave himself for me. Let me live a victorious life from this moment. Dependency. The idea of looking to a human being to only to give you only what God can. I repent and renounce and release my dependency by which I've lived until now. Whatever the roots, self-doubt, self-hatred, self-loathing, I release that sense that I need anything or anyone but you and your truth to get me through the day and through this life. Remind me, God, moment by moment, that You will meet all my needs according to the riches of His glory in Christ Jesus. And then prayer to release shame. God, Your Word says that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit, who gives life, has set me free I agree with your word and release the shame that I felt because of the lies that I've always believed about myself. I choose to believe you and what you say. Probably somewhere in that list, you find yourself. I struggle. We struggle. But we don't have to live another day with the pain of toxic emotions. So here's what Jesus said. Church, time to get rid of it. We don't say, oh Jesus, you don't know mine. You don't understand what I'm going through. Mine's bigger than you, right? Which is ultimately saying, God, my sin and my problem and my emotions are greater than you are, God. In other words, God, I'm greater than you. What we say is this. Jesus told us to get rid of it, to confess it, to move on, and that that it can be done. And we say, Jesus, I believe you more than I believe my fear or my anger or my dependency or my shame or my need to control. I trust you, Jesus. And so, let's do this. I want to give you just... A few seconds to spend with God. And then we're going to stand and sing. This morning, I think, is a morning of taking action. While we're standing and singing, you can, you can run to the front if you want. You come down here and say, just pray for me. Just, just pray for me. I need help. Pray for me. We'll be glad to do that. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is freedom 
in forgiveness, there's a new life that's ready for us if we have the courage to let go. Let's be real today. And let's thank God that we have hope in Jesus Christ. We're only on this earth for just a little bit. Then it's eternity with God. Finally, bow your heads and let's spend just a few moments together. God, release us from our emotions. Help us with our anger, our shame, and our bitterness, and our jealousy, and and, and our emotions that we might even have connected to righteousness. Forgive us and cleanse us of our fear, our doubt. All of those things that keep us distant from you and they keep us distant from others. Thank you for hope. Jesus, we believe in you. In deeper ways than we believe in our emotions and fear and anger. And so we claim freedom today in taking action. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's stand and sing.